What's up, guys? Welcome back to another Mommy and Me Monday. I am Brie Renee. And I'm Miss Renee. You look cute. So do you. Thanks. Okay, well, if you are new here, please don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Make sure you're tuned in every Mom Mommy and Me Monday because we always drop in it. Fire. Okay, let me chill out. <laughs> um, but this week, um, I wanted to talk to some talk about something that one we were talking about when I was on live um, behind the scenes here filming, and I realized like it is something that I struggled with with you in our own personal relationship. But I I feel like in the black household, black parents lack affection. You guys don't really hug or kiss or like physically love on you know your children and i think that y'all think that oh i have a roof over your head or i the lights are on and there's food on the table and clothes on your back and blah 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 blah, blah. and if i had a tiny violin i would play it you know but like you guys make that seem like that is the only way to show love and i think that that's quite flawed actually because if i as a grown woman was to date and 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 allowed a man to only show me he loved me by the physical things he provided for me that would make me shallow yes um, so so why do you think black mothers black parents struggle with showing physical love and affection well i think it's twofold personally uh number one the biggest thing is i think that there wasn't a lot of it shown to them and in the household, in their upbringing. Um, that's because their parents were too busy doing other things versus trying to hug and kiss and love on the kids. You know, uh, that it goes back to survival traits. And the other thing is, I think, is because somehow, not saying it's true, for some people, and they may be doing it subconsciously and not really consciously, it may be a sign of maybe showing a, a bit of weakness. Mm, is that what you thought it was? No, I didn't say I, I, that's what I thought it was. I'm saying, you know, there's a difference in showing affection and one sometimes when kids just want to come dump all their weight on you, you know. You, 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 it wasn't enough that you would come and want me to touch you or pat you on the head, but you wasn't satisfied unless, you know, you were damn you near six feet, you were damn near six feet tall in the fifth grade, and all you wanted to do is come put, if I stood up, you wanted to put all your weight on me, just to show me, and it was like, wait a minute, hold up, you know? So, well, it, I'm still at, I was still at, didn't you say, no matter how old I get, I'm still your baby? Yes, you are. And then I touched you earlier, and look at how you look, how quick I you didn't look. look, I just, and no, I touched you back. No, you didn't. And, and I look. Everybody on live saw the way you looked at me. I didn't look, I mean, I, I just, her. I just looked, and, I, and it didn't mean, the look did touch. The look and didn't mean anything. you a roach crawled on you, <laughs> the way you damn near hopped about your seat. No, that is not true. That, that is, is a not problem true. in our community. We no. have to fix it. What is wrong? That is not true. But you Nobody know what? Nobody touched you. That, <laughs> yes, my mother touched me. But Pat, we do have to do a better job of embracing our children. And even, even in the black community, and I had this conversation early with some of the guys, just being able to say, hey, I love you. Just merely saying, I love you, um, it's difficult for, for black people, men and women, to say sometimes to their family, their friends, their loved ones. So that's something that we're growing. We, we've got to grow out of. And even myself, I'm more conscious of it. I'm, I make sure that I tell my children, tell my grandchildren, tell my friends and my family more now than ever that, hey, I love you. you know, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's okay to say that. It's okay to show those affections. Every time we talk, when we finish the phone, yeah, I tell you that I love you. It's Not right. every time. Nine and times that is very time. new. I will say that's something you just definitely implemented because I feel like I went most of my childhood. Uh, but your childhood, you, you, you're 30 plus years old now. I know, but still, that's when it matters the most. Okay. And I'm the, I remember when um, 
I remember when I got my first homegirl that I was allowed to have when I was working at the Flame and Zoe, and she would come sit on your lap and you would let her sit on your lap. And I used to be like, that's insane to me how you would let this stranger sit on your lap and you never used to let me do it. She forced herself on you, but this was somebody new. This was my homegirl <laughs> and you allowed her to love on you more than you ever allowed me. <laughs> and that is a problem. I, I feel a bit of jealousy there. It's, now, I mean, it's it's a but mother. you know, but 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 some of it also, and I'm not trying to justify it. Was I felt that you got love, a lot of love at home, and I think perhaps she didn't. You know, and 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 that's kind of like, well, okay, she was missing a lot of things, and I didn't feel that you were missing those things. But How now dare you go out here saving other people's kids, and you ain't <laughs> saved your own. You I just like them deadbeat daddies that will lead their children <laughs> no, and then go raise somebody else's child. What type of shit is that? No, I'm not. No, I'm not. I did. I loved you. I gave you affection. I gave you no, the attention. No, she was really about to say, I gave you a roof over your head. <laughs> I gave you. That's what they no, like to think love no, is. No, no, no. That is not what I think love is. That's what, you know, you are entitled to those things, okay? Let's, 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 let's be frank. I, I think that you are entitled to the roof over your head, to the food and the clothes, okay? So why Everything. did you bring that up so much if, I'm, if it was my God-given right? <laughs> oh, what do you mean why did I bring it up? You had to be reminded now no, that you, 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 had the, you had the best of those things now, mm -hmm. you know, so. Uh, but I just think that oftentimes, you know, you... You, I felt like you were spoiled a lot. No, you felt that way because I had a little bit better upbringing than you did. No, I gave you that better upbringing. So I, know, I didn't. So, so my thing, my, but see, you also got to understand that you didn't grow to appreciate your upbringing until you were grown. You really took your upbringing for granted, and that's the part that used to piss me. I didn't off. take it for granted. I thought it was normal. I thought that was. That having a roof over your head and no, lights. No, I'm not talking about the roof over your head and the lights and the food. No, I'm just saying my entire upbringing, I thought that was the standard. I thought that was normal. I thought everybody had these things. It wasn't until we went, I don't know if you remember when, we were, when I was in middle school and I had two homeboys that you um, were going to manage. They wanted to be rappers. And they lived in they lived in Bowen Homes. Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. one day you I forgot what happened. They rode the bus or something. They might have missed the bus or something. And you just you had to take them home. And we rolled home. And that was my first time really being in the projects or Bowen Homes considered projects. Mm -hmm. They were yeah. That was my first time like being in the projects and just like seeing oh like everybody don't have the same. Like, we not all living on the same level. You mm -hmm. get what I'm saying? Like, I thought everybody had their own room. Everybody had, like, a TV. Everybody, you know what I mean? Like, these things that I do now realize are were luxuries, or everybody had multiple rooms in their house. I didn't really understand what a project was. You know what I mean? I read books and they talked about it, but I didn't think we even had that in Atlanta. Because even my friends who didn't have... Because I went to such a, 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 a middle class or, or, or upper middle class school, even the people who didn't have as much as we had still had a multi-family home house. You know what I mean? A multi-room house. What is it called? Single family home house that stood alone, that had at least three, four bedrooms. That even, you know what I mean? So I thought that was at least, that was the, I thought that was the norm. It wasn't that I took so it you for granted. So you didn't, so what you're saying is that you didn't realize that there were people, and, and still to this day, there are people out there really, really struggling. Yeah. And so, and so as a parent, I thought that I made that clear and that you understood and that you I thought you, you meant struggling aware. meant like, oh, you're not gonna get Jordans this week. <laughs> like see how see how <laughs> fucked up that is you know that comes from a that's or, or, a real privileged kid that say oh I thought my punishment was I wasn't gonna get the Jordans this week you know yeah, so, like or you couldn't get every pair of tennis shoes that came out or like I just didn't think that people had to struggle like you know putting food on the table was a real struggle for some people yeah, yeah and it was and so I knew that and I guess trying to instill that in you and trying to get you to understand that, you didn't see it, you weren't getting it. 
And that was part of my frustration. You didn't get it. You didn't what see it. And it you took that. Like, to what understand, you say, get it. What, what did you want me to get? To finally see what you saw when you when we took those kids home over in the projects and born home to see, well, damn, you know, you got seven, eight people living in two or three rooms. And I remember you know, the, the, and I didn't say their names, so it's not like I'm calling them out. But I remember I realized this is poverty when they didn't have a trash can. There was just like a pile of trash swept up in the kitchen. And it was like bugs running from the trash. And that in itself doesn't necessarily mean poverty. It just means that, you know, mama didn't keep a tidy house. But that was... But even like just the, you know, what the projects look like from the outside to the hallway to, you know what I mean? All of that. So I had never seen, I was like, wait, why are people living like this? Yeah. You know? But to... To that point, though, some people live in, like you said, some people do live in poverty. And I heard a girl one time say something that was so real. Like, just because we lived in the projects didn't mean we lived dirty. Like, we had the cleanest house right. in the projects. Right, right, You right. know, and some people live in the projects and grow up with a, uh, abundance of love. We lived in the projects, and mama didn't keep a dirty house. And if there was trash on the floor, somebody was getting an ass whooping. You know, so we had to make sure that the house was clean. The beds were made, dishes was washed, so the house was always spotless. Uh, so you don't have to be a product of your environment. Now, when going back to your friends, they had a dirty house. Mama, they didn't keep it clean. That's because mama didn't preach those values to those kids, and she wasn't taught those values. And if she did, you know, she showed didn't, you know, demonstrate them. But um, it's important that for me as a parent at the time, it was important for me to, to teach you that you lived a very uh, privileged life. And sometimes it was very difficult to get you to see and understand that. And sometimes that was frustrating. And sometimes, you know, I, I would be, you know, I, I would be a little bit more stern because I wanted you to understand that, you know, you, you, were, you were gifted for the most part, you know, and the shit just didn't come easy. You know, there are people so out there. So you felt like to balance out the privilege, you had to be mean. I wouldn't say or mean. Or lack affection. I don't say lack affection, but I just didn't want you to take shit for granted. You know, you you I, well, you. What had, does that have to do with? It didn't culling? have. It had. It didn't have anything to do with culling. It had me. You know, as a parent, I I felt that I gave you the love that you needed. You know, I wasn't going to be over soft or oversensitive or very cushy cushy because that 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 wasn't that that's not the real world you know i gave you enough love and affection to let you know that you were loved and that you know i i i loved you and you were in a, a safe environment but i'm not gonna go kissing up to you every time you felt like mama come kiss up to me i wasn't that that just wasn't me so i will say because you were so stern like you said you were trying to prepare me for the real world i do Feel, in hindsight, I do feel like I am more prepared for the real, real world, and I have tougher skin. And when it comes to the other beautiful, like strong black women that have been um, role models or mentors for me, mm -hmm. a lot of them have been more direct. Yeah. Or uh, a lot, and a lot of people can't handle it. Absolutely. They would be like, "Oh, I don't like this." I'll take give you one example. Tasha Smith. She is. Um, was my acting coach and one of the first mentors, females that I had to mentor me in the industry. And a lot of people, y'all know Tasha, she loud, she she's strong, she'll cut your ass out in a heartbeat. And a lot of people in acting class couldn't handle it. And they would bitch, moan, cry, and leave, you know? And that just was her style. But for me, I felt like, I definitely cried once. I did cry. But it made me stronger. It made me better. And I felt, I think I feel like you don't really love me if you're not going to be honest with you. Yeah. And direct with you. And see, that was something that I, I learned. I knew very early on, going back again, trying to prepare you for the real world. You know, the real world is not going to cuddle you and sugarcoat and, you know, and, 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 and kiss your ass and, you know, rub you down and, you know, just to, 
you know, make you feel all warm and fuzzy and think that, you know, and you, you going out there and, and, and with this false sense of security thinking, oh, wow, the world loves me and oh, wow, everything is wonderful like a deer in headlights and then you get slammed, you know? It's crazy because I still kind of was like that. <laughs> no, you wouldn't. No, you wouldn't. No, uh, I'm saying I still was a, a bright-eyed and bushy-tailed for, for a while and the world did have to chew me up and spit me out. I did have this false sense of, Boy, if I'm like this, if I'm leading with love, then no one's going to not lead with love. And I'll be met with love. And, and, and because I'm a nice person, nobody would ever do me like, yeah, yeah, I still thought that. So maybe, maybe to your parenting, maybe you knew the type of child you had and you knew that how you, mm -hmm, strong how, and tough you had to be. Yeah. Do you feel like this new generation is weak? Hell yes. <laughs> Hell yes. How so? They can't handle the pressure, what pressure of life. Okay. You know, um, and I say this, and I want to say this very gingerly. You know, kids are committing suicide at a very alarming rate. Mm -hmm. And I think part of it is because parents are not having those tough conversations with their children very early on. And I also think part of it is because of the digital age and society that we live in. And I also think part of it because that gentle parenting shit, people have bought in it too much. Because first of all, parents should prepare themselves, prepare their children to understand and realize that this is a, it's a mean, cruel fucking world out here, okay? Nobody owes you anything. Nobody's going to give you anything. And don't grow up with, no, with an expectation of shit. Number two, I think that people uh, 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 need to make sure that they protect them, their children as much as they can from the digital age, the, the predators and the shit that they've been taught and, and shown on social media to think that that's real life, you know. Um, and so that needs to be a balance there. And the other part, the third part of that is parents need to be more damn parents and, and, and make sure that your children are taught that bullying is not something that's acceptable. And, and you can't go through life bullying other people because they don't look like you or they don't act like you or they don't dress like you, you know. It, it, it really touched my heart the other day when uh, a couple of weeks when, when this poor kid got beat up in school and she went home and killed herself. This is a little white girl in some other state. She got beat up, jumped on, just because she's walking down the hall with her little boyfriend. I don't know, the girl was 12, 13, 14, somewhere along those lines. And she got jumped on by a group of little bitches and uh, she killed herself. That to me was a tragedy. That's sad, you know why? We as a society, failed that little girl. You know why we failed her? I think parents failed her because the parents didn't give her some very tough, uh, prepare that child for the bullies like that. The parents of the bully failed that little girl because the parents of the bully should have not had bullies in the first place. I mean, come on, parents. You know, you know who your children are. You know you, little Johnny is a little, a little asshole. You know little, little Susie running with a little stank group of girls who think that, you know, they're, they're it and the rest of the world ain't shit. I mean, come on, parents. We, you know the type of children you have. Raise your children. Start teaching your children. By the time they're 8, 9, 10 years old, it's too fucking late. You need to start teaching them when they're three, four, five years old, things that are acceptable and what's not acceptable. I, I have to pull you down from your high horse just a little bit because it's just like, it's kind of unrealistic for a parent to know everything that's going on. I didn't say everything that's going on. It I didn't, is, I, I didn't yeah, say it's everything. Unfair. Parents you don't know. know parents. You don't always know the emotional state or well-being of your child, especially if you aren't doing check-ins. And I don't think a lot of parents 
going back to the affection and the different types of love, I don't think a lot of parents sit down and truly ask their children and create a safe space to be like, how are you feeling? Are you dealing with anything right now that you might be concerned about, that you might feel like you can't come to me about? Are you emotionally going through something? Because y'all think first of, we don't have no emotions because no, we ain't no, paying no bills. No, no, and no, no, so that's not true. That go that's on not true. I think you... I think parents know or can check in with their children in a lot of different ways. Now, I agree with you. Sometimes, nowadays, that might be the better approach to sit down and have a conversation and talk to your children, find out what they're doing, mentally checking in with them. I think that's something that we can embrace now. But back before we, were, we became so vocal about it, I think parents knew the type of children. I knew, I knew that you were not a bully in school. I knew being you as my child. But you didn't understand or you didn't always know the things that I was going through. Because you don't know that I attempted suicide. No, I didn't. Exactly. So it's like, but it's no fault of yours because you didn't know. You didn't know emotionally what I was going through. You didn't know how heavy I felt at that time in my life. Okay, so let's talk about that (laughs) since you brought it up. What, 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 What were you going through? That, that brought that type of Well, pressure. I wasn't that smart to know what to do to attempt suicide. So I attempted to take, like, I think I might have took, like, a, an excessive amount of Advil. It just made me throw up. <laughs> but what was it that you felt? I think I was depressed. About what? I had been sexually assaulted. And you had no idea, and I felt like I couldn't tell anybody. I felt like I couldn't tell you. Not because I didn't think you would protect me, but because how crazy you are. As a child, I rationalized, okay, if I say something to my mother, then she's going to kill this person. And then now I'll have no one. Then I won't have my mom. And I remember the first time that I I blamed myself because one, this was somebody older, and he was, me and my friends knew he was cute. He looked like Omarion, right? You don't know who that is. But when we were growing up, everybody loved B2K. He was, they was a boy group. So imagine you growing up and somebody looked like Bobby Brown, and all your friends like, ha-ha, he's so cute, he looked like Bobby Brown. And then something happened to you. It's like, I can't say anything because people are going to think that I wanted it. People are going to think that because I thought he was cute. And so it was my fault. And so then on top of that, at this age, even though I was so young, I already had started to develop. Like I already had hips, already had like little beast, like little breasts. And so when I went, I remember going, me and Granny went to the gas station. This is when we lived together. Um, I was probably like in, I wasn't even in high school yet. And I went in the gas station and this man like, who like he an older man like yelled something at me like he he probably didn't even know I was a child I don't know he might have I don't know but he yelled out something at me and I felt like it, it was something about my shape or my hips or something and I was like it's because I look like this I'm like I'm attracting it like it you internalize it as a child but there there was no conversations that you could have I don't know if you could have said something, but it wasn't your fault because you didn't, you had no idea. So that's why I'm like, sometimes it's unfair to say that those parents failed them because say I had succeeded at that, you wouldn't, you wouldn't, that would be unfair for somebody to say you failed as a parent because I was going through something and didn't know how to share or be open about it. Well, I think still I have to take on some responsibility to that because I didn't do enough to create that safe space for you to come and say, you know, this is what happened, or, 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 or teach you enough to where you wouldn't be ashamed to come and share that with me. So I have to take responsibility as... But how, because my entire life you used to say, if a nigga touch you or anybody touch you, you come tell me, you tell me, you, I'll kill him, I'll, you know, and well, I, I used I'll never to all, let nobody do, you know? I would never, and, and you're absolutely right, and that's exactly I know, what so I meant. I know, so you said those I never, I never, I would never let anybody hurt you. I know, so you did say these things for me to come. That still doesn't change how you react in the moment of fear or victimhood or, you know what I mean? It was very, and I carried that with me for so long 
to the point that I don't even know if you know because it was also a summer when when Granny was living with us. I literally ate Popeyes every day, every day. Granny, Granny could tell you she was like, "Are you gonna eat anything else? <laughs> like, do you want every single day that summer?" I was determined to fatten myself up. I thought that if I'm fat, nobody will do this to me. Nobody will look at me and yell at me like that man did at the gas station. Nobody will, or, will see me and, and want to take advantage of me. Well, that is unfortunate because we live in a sick society, a sick world where people do things and people take advantage of children and that's not acceptable. And to that end, no kid should ever go through life feeling that it's their fault. Mm -hmm. We just, you know, we have to, it's, it's unfortunate we have to teach our children that people are sick and have diseases and those things are wrong. You know, it's unfortunate that we have to do that. And so perhaps as parents, maybe we can do a, a better job of teaching our children that, you know. But we still have to teach, do our best to teach our children what not to do to become those sick motherfuckers, you mm -hmm. know? Teach our boys, our girls, what not to do to become bullies or be, be bullies, you know? So we, we've got to do a bit, you know, and I tell anybody, parenting is, is a job that's ever-changing. There is there's no, no, no set, you know, way to say, okay, this is a complete book or this is a, the, you know, the complete narrative, and once you do all these things, boom, you've done it right. And, you know, there's always room to grow because there's so many things and so many different children, so many different scenarios, and, you know, it's always changing. Mm -hmm. So we just got to do the best we can. And I just, I think that as, as long as we do everything we can do to not fail our children, that's all we can do, you know? Even going back to that little girl and, and, and her committing suicide, you know, I still say that we as a society, parents, in the community, we failed. We did, if we didn't fail, she'd still be here. We, there is something we could have done. And I won't accept the fact of saying there's nothing you could have done. There's something we could have done. I'm not, I don't feel like there's nothing, but. We could have done something to make this baby not do that. We could have done something to prevent you from wanting to commit suicide. I don't know what it is. I don't know what that something is, but I just feel like we just don't throw our hands up and say, oh, well, it happened. And There's nothing remember, we can do. I remember one time, so after that, we had a candid conversation. It was about something else or somebody else, and suicide came up, and you were like, anybody that commits suicide is a coward. And I just felt like, well, damn, I just didn't want to hurt no more. Well, that, you know, that was my thinking at the time that, you know, you, anybody commits suicide as a coward. But I've since grown to learn that, you know. Have you ever drowned in your own sorrow or felt like that? Yes, yes, yes. And so you, you got to understand, in the black family, you're not taught to embrace I should say, you're not taught to be vulnerable. We're taught to deal with our problems, bury them, and move on. If they're not things that we're prepared to deal with, bury them and move on. Get, get, just get through it. And that's how we've learned. We put up this, this wall, you know, this, this wall that enable us to just keep going and going and going and going. It's just now that we have learned or learning how to be vulnerable and to deal with our feelings and to understand that it's okay that we're vulnerable. It's okay to, to hurt. It's okay to need help when you're hurting. It's okay to, to say that I'm hurting, you know, because we couldn't admit for years that, you know, I got a problem. Why? That's just culturally, we didn't know. I don't think that, you know, our parents knew. You know, when we used to, when people used to talk about going to talk to a psychiatrist or talk to somebody, it's like, oh, they're crazy. Back in the day, you got a stigma put on you if you 
went to see a therapist. Being brought up the way, you know, that I was brought up, you just didn't share that with it and everybody. But it's not, I think a psychiatrist and a therapist are two completely different well, things, and he, I think that was like uh, right. That, that's what that's what we that's what we were taught. You know, person go see. We, there was no therapist. You know, therapist is something new. That this is something that just you know they, the profession has probably been around forever, but we didn't distinguish the two. You know, it's now that we're distinguishing the two. We understand now as a people, but. Growing up, it was like, mm, if I go talk to somebody lay on the couch, mm, we're crazy. You know, and you're automatically associated with psychiatrists and have an issue mentally. Uh, but now, growing up and growing through things and growing and then learning things as we do as people, you know, I'll be the first to say that it's okay to go talk to somebody. It's okay to, to, to be vulnerable and learn how to deal with those feelings now. I don't have to be the strong barrier of all the burdens. I don't have to do that anymore. I can, I can go talk to you know, my therapist, and, and I do have one now, and say, hey, look, I, I just feel the weight of the world on my shoulders. I, 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 feel, I feel weak, I'm, I'm carrying too much. You know, I'm, I feel you know, burdened. It's okay now for me to say that. When I didn't have, it's okay now for me to say that at one time or going through you know, a couple years, I thought about suicide. Even in my spills of saying, hey, anybody commit suicide is weak. No, I now know and feel that the weight of certain situations in the world will make a person think that that's a better way out, yeah. is to go ahead and take yourself out of it. Take yourself out of the worries and misery and the pain. But I think that, but it's, I think it's important to know too that because you have been through those times, I've been through those times, like you survive 100% of your bad days and you could just keep going. If you just hold on, it won't be bad you could forever. Just, just, just wake up the next day. Each day present you with a different opportunity. And it might feel like a whole all season. Over. It might feel like a whole season. It might feel like a year. It, the year That year might feel like years of sadness or darkness. But if you just keep holding just on. Just hold on. Just give yourself one more day. Mm -hmm. Every day that day didn't present itself the way you needed it. Just give yourself one more it's day. It's coming. Something. Yeah, now, it, I want to get a tattoo that says that um, I want it to be 1159. And I wanted to say even the darkest of days. I mean, even the longest of days come to an end. Because I just want that to be a reminder, like, no matter how long or how dark it might be, it's still every day going to come to an end and it's gonna, you're going to get a new one. Absolutely. And you're you're going to get going. a new one. You're going to get a new one. So. I think I do give you guys, your generation, grace. Because I feel like you guys, because I'm like, well, why didn't nobody just think about how they felt why didn't nobody have that conversation but now i realize you guys were really busy doing some heavy lifting and didn't have and to think about your feelings is a luxury that is literally a luxury it should be a right it should be innate it should be second nature but it's a luxury because when you're trying to survive when you're trying to just make it out the hood or make it out the ghetto or or fighting civil rights and bringing about laws or just fighting to be an equal human being in this country, you really ain't got time to think about how you feel. Yeah, you're, you're right. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Were you old enough to march with Martin Luther King? No, I wasn't old enough to march with <laughs> But I do remember being on the corner of... Um, I'm like, were you out here fighting for our civil rights? Because that might be why you are the way yeah. you are. No, no Ashby Street, when he died and they brought his body uh, past the, the, the AU Center over there. But you was a little girl. A little bitty girl. Yeah, so I think that you guys didn't have the luxury of going to see a therapist. No. To even spend that money, because therapy is, it can be expensive. Oh, yeah. My therapist charged $185 an hour. Man, that'd be excellent. I'd be like, sweetie, I'm going to miss this week. Yeah. The checks ain't checking. Yeah. Um, and, um, you know, I, I would suggest that we check in, you know. But African Americans, you know, people generally, period. Just, you know, and it's not so much that, you know, um, you got problems or. We all got problems. We all you, got problems. You're just carrying so much. And I think a lot of the stuff that we carry, not even ours. Right. 
Like, I think our in, in our community, we pass down so much trauma, so much weight, so much heaviness. Sometimes you don't even know why that triggers you or you don't even know why this because it was it's innate it's it's in how what you saw your mama doing what you saw your grandma doing you know what i mean like i never saw you pick up the phone and vent to your homegirls about your pain no or nothing you was going through i just saw you keep going suck it up go to work make sure the bills is paid you might lash out with anger cuss somebody out you know or be short-tempered and I think now I give you grace because I understand you didn't have coping mechanisms, healthy coping mechanisms that allowed you to release those pressures of life. And it doesn't matter whether you've been through something traumatic or not. Life itself be life in. Yeah. Life be life in. Yeah. Life is life. Is life. Yeah. It's real. It's, it's a lot. And it's ups and downs. Oh, yeah. And it's, and it's not, there's, there's no manuscript for it. So I yeah. feel like I, I, I got that from you and not to your like, you were trying to instill that, but because I never saw you lean on your friends when you needed help. I remember I, last year when, we was, when I was going through so much, my friend was like, Brie, you know, allow us to be there for you or what do you need from us? And I was like, I don't know because what do that look like? Right. What do that even mean? I don't have friends to tell me that, you know, hey, we're here for you. You know, me and my girlfriends, we just got together, uh, this past weekend, we've been friends since we were in the fifth grade, and all of us are in our late, our early 60s now, and we've made it a point to stay connected over the years, and I've, I've had that same question put to me, hey, you know, we know you're going through something, what do you need? I'm like, I don't know what I need, I, 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 and I don't, I didn't, no, honesty, you know, so they just figured, hey, well, let's just, let's just get with you, let's just be there let's just break bread just to you know just let's just you know show you that we're here in the event you do need us and I appreciate that you know because um, I said that I learned last year too I'm like sometimes you think sometimes you feel like you're depressed but you just need to be around your homegirls yeah yeah you just need to be around your homegirls yeah. whether it's in the house eating chilling drinking having a movie night or whatever or me personally I'm a girl strip kind of girl Let's go on a vacay, girl. Yeah, and that works, you know. Put our feet in the sand. For me, sometimes it's, you know, I've always, you know, put myself to work to kind of work through my feelings. That's the only thing I know. Do you um, feel like that's healthy? Uh, in some cases, it's been healthy. It kept me from killing a few motherfuckers, but... <laughs> Other than that, I you know, don't know. You know, it's my crazy when they start got rolling neck. Like, yeah. yeah, I almost killed Yeah, that I almost, you know, really did some th No, seriously, I think that it's always been therapeutic for me to work through my problems, my mm. issues. Um, and that's can, a problem. But, you know, that's a, that's, a, that's, a, that's a gift and a curse. I was about to say, I don't think that's always a good thing. No, I think because, that's something that black women in particular do. Because it, 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 it makes you shut down sometimes when you really should be communicating you know even in your relationship it causes you to just hold shit in when you really should be talking to your mate about it you're just like oh well i'll just deal with it you know i'll just push it out of the way and keep going that's not always the right way to do it but that's a survival tool that's a survival you know mechanism that you kind of i've kind of put in place and i'm learning now to be a little bit more vocal about it and not bury it. I think now for me, my my vulnerability is my strength. Like that is my my coping mechanism. Like if I say it, if I get it out, it don't hold no power over me. That's a good way of looking at it. Cause I'm a think again, cause I don't had to deal with some things on my own and dealing with them on your own, you will run yourself crazy in your head, thinking of everything, oh, yeah. all the different. Like, I will think myself down, mm -hmm. but I learned that I also, just like I can think myself down, I can think myself back up. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And if you let it out, you don't have to dig that hole. For me. Yeah, Some people, I agree, I agree. And also, another coping mechanism for me is to not think so far ahead. One 
minute, one day, one second, one hour at know, a time. What's going on next week? I just got to worry about today is Thursday, tomorrow's Friday. Yeah. And that's I that's get a through good, these two days. That's a that's a good that's a good coping mechanism. Yeah, I think we'd be putting too much on ourselves to have it all figured out. Yeah. And I think that's because in our culture, in our community, the black woman always had to have it figured out. Mm -hmm. All of it. Yeah. Figure it out, put it together, present it, make sure it went well, and then clean it up. What do you think what's some I don't wanna say trauma, but like negative things that you feel like you in, in subconsciously inherited from your mother. Like I inherited not knowing how to have friends be there for me. Just because I didn't see you have let friends be there for you. I inherited working through my pain because I only seen you work through your pain. And I would say some of the same traits for my mom because I didn't see my mom rely on anybody for anything. No, I mean, there, my mama had one close friend, two, one outlasted the other. I don't know what happened to Miss Ella, but Miss Henretta, they were friends since I was five years old. And she still used to tell me, I don't tell Miss Henretta everything. Don't be telling everybody your business. You know, so <laughs> those were the only people that I knew my mother to have in her life as friends. Uh, Miss Henretta just died during COVID. Miss Ella, I don't know what happened to her like about, oh, 30, 40 years ago, but she was a good friend of my mom's coming up. So I knew that mama didn't rely on people. She didn't rely on anybody. So whatever she was going through or having to deal with, she had to deal with it on her own. And that's part of, the upbringing, you know, her her telling us and, you know, making us understand that we only had each other and we only had ourselves and each other as a family to depend on. Don't go out in the world thinking that, you know, that's why we were not allowed as kids coming up to fight in the house. We couldn't, we could not fight with each other. She didn't allow any sibling robberies. Um, if we got to fighting, well, we all were gonna get an ass whooping. Uh, because she should always say that in this house, you're going to be together. You're gonna to understand what it means to have, you know, a, a family bond because the world out there was gonna beat you up enough. And so to that extent, I just grew up not relying on other people for anything, you know? Um, no confidence, no comfort, no, um, not even to the extent of loving me, I think. And I don't know if that was a good thing or a bad thing, but I learned to love myself, <laughs> you know? I learned to be happy by myself. Did your mama hug you and tell you she loved you? She did tell us she loved us, but not often. It was too, I guess it was too many of us, but, you know, so I guess we all had a day, you know, but... Um, I love y'all. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> all y'all. Uh, uh, she did, she, she hugged sometimes, not all the time, because again, here you had a single black woman, you know, working two or three jobs to put food on the table to make sure, you know, we had, you know, food on the table, clothes on our backs and a roof over our heads. So wasn't a lot of time for hugging and, you know, come by yawn. And, you know, it wasn't a lot for that. Um, do I, am I upset? Do I blame her? Do I, no, I don't. Um, she does more so now because we've kind of grown to that, you know. Every day we talk and we talk every day. We tell each other every day that we love each other. Yeah, I tell her. You know, when we, when, we, when we see each other, we make it a point to embrace and hug and I kiss her and she kisses me. You tell each other we love each other because we understand now that that is important and it's okay. Was it something that taught you that? That taught y'all that? Like, was it, do you remember? A when the turn? switch turned? Yeah. No, I don't remember when, when the switch turned. I just know that as I got grown, I thought my mama was, was a, a warden and a dictator. And- um, That's where you get it from. Yep. <laughs> For sure, 
I thought she was, and sometimes I thought she was even mean as hell. Um, but when I, when I got grown and I had children and I had the weight of the world and responsibilities, the light clicked on and said, oh shit, now I understand, mama. Now I get it. You know, when, when I got kicked down and kicked around a couple of times, you know, in the world, and you know, and, and I say that, you know, when, you, when you're struggling and you're trying to get to one point and get to the next point, and people are hating on you and you've been mistreated for no reason. Okay, now I understand why mama's saying, you know, hey. Everybody ain't your friend. Everybody ain't I'm your friend. Keep your, right, keep your circle small and don't share all your business because they come back and use that against you. And so now I understand those life lessons. And so I'm like, okay, mama wasn't, she wasn't mean. She was just trying to prepare me and trying to make sure that I could take care of myself, you know? So now I get that lesson. Do you feel like it takes until you grown and go through some stuff to have those aha moments? Or do you think it's some children out there that's still in a parent household that can realize that, I like, think hey. that, you know what I think? I think kids that are not as fortunate as some kids are, I think for some reason they seem to get it quicker and understand it sooner because of the, 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 the rough times I think that they go through. But it's us that, that have tried to give our kids a better life. Our kids somehow or another, it takes them a little longer to get it. I think, I don't know why, but I think it does. And it's like- Because rock bottom has more success stories than privilege ever produced. Yes. I, I wholeheartedly like, feel like that's a fact. Yeah. Cause when you at the bottom, you ain't got nowhere to go but up. Yeah. But when you privilege, sometimes you take shit for granted mm -hmm. or you think that that's just the way it is mm -hmm. or it can't get no, you know, mm -hmm. that's just how it's supposed to be. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to get every pair of Jordans that come out that week <laughs> instead of one pair. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, no, I can't get the blue and the red. And just be grateful you got Jordans. Some kids don't even get Jordans the whole year. One pair the whole year. And you were bitching and moaning because you were only getting one pair a week. But then we had the two for 89, too. That Jordans was never in that, but still. I, I could get the Jordans and two for 89 sometimes. So mm -hmm. be getting over. Anyways. Okay, now it's time for, I have one. Oh, for the record? Yeah. Okay. Now it's time for For the Record. Um, so for me, For the Record, I just want to say that it's not weird. It's not weird for you to get therapy. It's not weird for you to have tough times, no matter how privileged your life may be. It's not weird for you to go through these dark times. And even though, like we said, it might be for a season or a, an extended period of time. You will get through it. If you hold out, there will be brighter days. For the record, I do feel like you did a great job. Like, I don't feel like you could have done, like you might feel like, oh, I could have did more. I feel like you did the best you could. And I don't fault you for any, any of my sorrow or pain or darkness that I had to go through. I. I don't want to say it was necessary, but it wasn't necessary. But because God is so good, he used it all for my good. Okay. So it's not like um, it didn't break me. It could have. Okay. But it didn't. For the record, I want to say that think my dictatorship game could could have been a little stronger because some of you said some of you said that you know um, as a dictator I, I was I was a miserable and a, and a mean person and I was um, horrible and I was probably gonna end up in the old folks home but for the record uh, I can't get rid of my kids. I think you said this for the record already. Okay, well, let me change it. For the record, let me just say that I 
would not have changed my parenting style for nothing in the world. Okay. For the record, I also think, and this might be an unpopular opinion, but I kind of feel like bullies might be just a tad bit necessary. Right? And there's different levels of bullies. Like, I don't think you should ever be physical with anybody. Are you saying bullies in terms of parenting? Or are you saying no, bullies I'm talking about in kids, the world? In the world, growing uh -huh. up. I feel like the bullies pointed out and picked on me, but they made me tougher. They made me love myself. They made me find beauty in those things that they picked on me for. And I think it just depends on... I, I, I kind of feel like, uh, how do I say this? Like, like we, grew, we all grew up with bullies. And there's never been a generation that didn't have bullies. You got yeah. picked on for something, I got picked on for something. Mm -hmm. And it's usually something that turned out to be a benefit. I got picked on for being the tallest in school. I got picked on for my big feet. I've been on these hoes neck with these feet forever. So guess what? Needed them. I've been tall and I'm closer to God. Like it just, it, you, it teaches you to build self-esteem is what I'm saying. So I don't think that you have to be, no, thank God I didn't have bullies that were, that beat me up or, you know what I mean? But I think the name calling, the picking on sometimes might be necessary because it teaches you to overcome. It teaches you to, to find and dig deep and find that tenacity and find your own self-love. Cause the, like you said, the real world don't, it's gonna be bullies at work. Yeah. They might not put their hands on you, but they gonna do little slick stuff. It teaches you how to be creative. It teaches you how to get around things. I'm not saying, I don't think it's ever okay for anybody to put their hands on nobody else. Not saying that. I'm not saying your child need to go to school and get beat up. I'm not saying that. I'm saying if little Billy what happens if sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me? Well, kids, this society has moved beyond that. Bullies, they've taken bullying to a whole nother level. You know, so it's different. The bullying that you encountered uh, is certainly different from the bullying that take place today, especially on digital, especially on the internet, yeah. and and the kids are getting physical, and kids are doing things or shaming kids. And, but you know, had I not gone through the bullies on the playground, the bullies in school, the internet wouldn't scare. Like, do you know the the stuff that people say? That's what I'm saying. But because I loved me before I got on the internet, because I had already encountered that, that don't move me. I get that I had the time to develop fully before the internet came around. And I think that that's another issue. Children allow, I mean, people allowing their children to be on the internet way too soon. Because they don't have the full mental capacity to understand that this person that's talking shit on, to me is fat. Or they hate themselves. Or they're, they're slops that live in their mother's basements. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. In East Idaho. Or some random stuff. Like, they don't have the mental. Kids don't know that. They personalize it. They internalize it. But what I'm saying is, had I not been bullied a million times before I got to the internet, I might feel broken every time somebody leaves a comment and tells me, hey, you're getting fat. Hey, your toes are crooked. I've been, somebody done told me, I, I've been getting picked on for my bunion since long as I can remember. So when they talk about it on the internet, it don't even phase me. That's what I'm saying. It made me stronger. So I feel like if we teach our children to avoid pain at all costs, they won't know how to maintain when they are faced with it. I don't think you teach them to avoid it. You teach them... I hear you saying we teach them to deal with it, how to deal with it, but there's so many vicious aspects of bullying today that it scares the hell out of me. It scares me for Morgan and Tristan because people are so damn cruel, you know? Um, sure, I'm going to teach them how to, and along with their parents. You teach them how to no, Talk that shit back. Yeah, but, you know. We used to have your mama jokes and all that. Yeah, but does, that that's not. That doesn't make it right. You know, that doesn't make it okay. That doesn't teach them a value. That teach them to be, but to engage, no kids, to no engage kids in that bullied. same bullshit that the, the, the bullies are doing. Your kids doing. come bullying my kids. My kids gonna roast the hell out of your kids, okay? 
So, so I mean, you know, ready. we we got to teach our children how to protect themselves and deal with the bullshit. But, you know, I just think that um, the world is moving fast. And, you know, we're, we're, the kids are really, they're in, a, they're in a crazy, crazy, crazy time, yeah. you know. And I think part of it, too, is they took religion out of schools. I feel like old people always go to that. I feel like that. I I I, I agree and disagree. I think that it they should be took, free for everybody to practice different religions. I agree. I'm I glad that care. I got to learn about Muslims. I'm glad that I got to learn about Buddhism. I'm glad I learned, even though I am a Christian and I learned these other religions. I don't feel like everybody in the school got to be the same religion. No, I'm not saying they have to be the same religion. There needs to be some religion taught to everybody. Every child, every how person. You have, how you gonna send your Christian child to like, or how your Muslim child got us? Why do they have to sit through Christianity? They don't have to sit through Christianity. Let them sit through something else. I think I'm not saying it has to be any type of denomination. I just think that there needs to be some type of faith-based taught in school. Some something that teaches our children. I don't think it's faith-based. I think it's character-based. So every day when I got up in school, I, I genuinely feel like the elementary school I went to played a major part in who I am today. Because when we got up and said the Pledge of Allegiance, we also said every day in every way, I will try to do better and better. And that is like literally my life motto. Every day in every way. Like I said that every single day from kindergarten all the way up until sixth grade. That was a requirement after we said the Pledge of Allegiance. On the school, around the walls, there were character-based Quotes that I saw and read every day. But let me go. Let me and, let me take. Let me, me let me let me. But let me take that back. Let me just peel the layer off of that. You were being taught that character trait by somebody who also believed that there, in order to teach this character trait, you had to have some foundation of right and wrong. Some and some and that foundation was built on. A belief that there was uh, is a higher being and the basic principles of right and wrong. Now, those character traits derived from that, and as a result, you became uh, you taught you to be the person that you are. But let's fast forward to the day's time. We're not teaching character-based traits in school. Half of the teachers are damn too young to even teach anything. You know, uh, 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 and, and, and they, you know, I mean, well, thank God we got it because I'm not doing it. Okay, but even at that, some of the teachers don't have the patience and the wherewithal or the knowledge and experience to understand the importance of those traits and characters. You know, teachers are not respected, teachers are put in place to think that they're supposed to raise the children, you know, and be parents. Parents, we've got to go back and start teaching character to our children. We've got to instill certain principles and certain morals. And so, you know, it, it's 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 a it's a evolution. It's constantly evolving, you know? Okay. And and I think that we all play a role in that. Okay, well do your part. Next we about to do I wanna know. So I wanna know, since you're talking about so much character, what did your character say to let me? I wanna know why you thought it was okay to allow me to get Tattoos at fifteen. Why? I, first of all, I didn't think it was okay, you but took I. Me. But but I understand that as a parent, if just like why I think it was okay for my mama to let me smoke when you know I was 12, 14 years old. Yo, my, mama let you smoke at the end of Weed? the day. No, 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 cigarettes. I'm not talking. Oh, because that's so much better. No, Let's... I'm not saying that it was even better. What I'm saying is, sometime as a parent, you make a decision to allow your children to do certain things, because had she said no, I was gonna sneak and do it anyway. And I thank God I did eventually quit when I got old enough and realized that it wasn't the best thing. So you started smoking for... cigarettes at 12? And mm, then... Probably 12, 13, 14. And then didn't stop until you were grown? And stopped when I was, I stopped on and off, but I stopped when uh, I was like 19. That's so gutter butt of you. Okay, so gutter butt of all group gives a shit, but I did it. But I don't have a problem with admitting my truth. No. I did it. Ugh. Oh, oh, I did it, you know, so, <laughs> so what, I did it. I mean, people, truth be told, hell, some kids start earlier than that. Some kids start, you know, and, and still do it. You know, thank God I got sense enough to stop, but in the same thing, had I told you no about the tattoo, 
you were probably going to find some way to still get it. And you may have gone to some place that wasn't safe to get it. And, and God know. knows what would have happened to you. Was the tattoo going to kill you? No. But after telling you no and explaining to you that why I don't think you should do it, and you were insisting upon getting it, then fine. But did I pay for it? No, I didn't pay for it. I, and, then, and then I tell you that, hey, if you do that, you're marking yourself, and someday you're going to regret doing it. I didn't say I regretted it. Oh, I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying maybe, and I can tell by the smirk on your face, <laughs> you're lying. You do regret it. So that was a teachable moment. I don't regret and then, it. And then I guess just didn't what? understand why you thought that was okay. And then, and then guess what? In order to get it off, it ain't going to be my money to get it off. It's going to be your money. So, again, that's a teachable moment. So sometimes as parents, a teachable moment doesn't always have to be a no. It can be okay. I allowed you to be, if that's what you want to be, it's not her. something, it's not something that's going to kill you. I was you. like, come on, Ma, let's go get, let's go get our names tattooed on each other. You were like, okay, we'll go. And I got hers first. And then tell them what you did. Tell them what you did. You chickened out and she never got my name tattooed on her. You don't love me. That's not true. It's clear. No, it's not true. Read it on my back. Read it in week. That's not true, because I got my mom's name tattooed on mine. You too. love your mama. That don't got nothing to do with me. <laughs> no. That was a that was a plan that we all did. So we, you know, we all did that. But um I thought, you know, she it was it a, out. No, I didn't. It was a teachable moment. You and that you and that 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 tattoo. Okay. Well what you wanna know? I wanna know. Oh, somebody had a question for me. Inside Out Aesthetics, LLC, wants to know, they, from your perspective, they wanted to ask me, when did I finally understand that you were a person outside of being my mom? And, like, how did that make me feel? So, like, you know, children yeah. tend to think that... Moms are just moms and, you know, not yeah. real persons. And I think she was very adamant about living her life outside of me. And while, and I, I commend you for never losing yourself in raising your children, but I faulted you for that. And it wasn't until I got grown and I realized and I started to notice some of the traits that I had because of that, that it made me realize, oh, thank God my mom was a person outside of being my mom. Right, because I know some people who just lose it when their children, you know, leave the house and become em em empty nesters and kicked all our asses the out no i didn't kick it no i didn't i remember i do remember saying many times to you and your sister um you know how people used to always say well my my friend you know my kids always threatening to run away and you know they're She's this like, and run. they were no no i would always say to you guys hey you don't have to run just let me know when you're leaving and i'll even leave you know just leave my keys on the kitchen table and i even leave your bus fare so, you know, you my, like, I'll drop you off. You yeah, ain't run. well, you ain't got to run. I mean, you know, don't ever think that that was holding you hostage. You know, if any time a kid ever wanted to leave or run from home, you know, I, I wasn't going to fight you. You know, leave if you want to leave. Um, and I meant that as a parent. We know. Um, but y'all never would go. Girl, That's we had point. out at 17, 18. I was out before uh, college. I No, you were out doing college. But, you know, at the end of the day, you guys never would go anywhere. Not that I wanted you to run away. But, Clearly. You, you know, did. but at, at the end of the day, I know people that just, that were, that were just wrecks. You know, when their kids left, they didn't know what to do with themselves. And they were just, you know, broken pieces. Now, I, I do admit, you know, when you, when you guys left and, at that point, even especially when you went away to college, you know, I did cry, you know, because I had to accept the fact that you were grown. Did you cry? I wasn't going to tell you I did. I don't believe she cried. I did. I boo-hoo. I've like, only seen you cry one time. Well, that, Maybe that, twice well, now that I'm grown. Okay, maybe twice. But, but as I, a child, you want to know the one time I saw you cry? I felt like a horrible person. She was trying to get me into this private school, and I had to pass this test in order to get the scholarship or the, 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 whatever, the academic. No, it wasn't a scholarship. You, to tell it like it is, you, you were going to the interview to get accepted, and you purposely <laughs> fucked it up. You purposely sabotaged it. 
because the conversation going home was, I've been around white people all my life. I don't want to be around white people. I just want to be around blacks. I, I just, when I go to college, I just want to be around black people. I want to be around black people. But this was like, this was in college. This I know, was this was in, elementary that, right, school. elementary school. That's what you kept saying. I, I, I don't want to be around all these white people. All, I don't want to be, I just want to be around a bunch of black people. I just want, you know, you, you had a real shitty attitude about it. Yeah, and I sabotaged it. Mm-hmm. And she cried because mm-hmm. I didn't get in. You felt like oh, I just wanted to provide my child with a better, better education. And you were just fucking rebellious against it. Mm-hmm. Well, I saved you a, a ton of money by switching and not giving a fuck. Well, <laughs> it, you didn't necessarily save me a ton of money. I think that, you know, you, you shortchanged yourself uh, in terms you think of... So? Well, I mean, looking back... Public school is cooler. No, it, it was cooler, way. but no... You know, but I wanted to give you, I mean, I, I'm not knocking the public school you attended. I just wanted to give you a better opportunity. And cool. you pitched it in my face, you know, and that, that hurt. But, you know, it is what it is. It worked out. Well, I owed you one cry. You gave me a lot more. Okay. Okay. okay right. So. Right. Well, whatever. We balanced it out. It doesn't okay. really balance. But anyways, thank you all for tuning in to another Mommy and Me Monday. As you can see, you can feel free to drop comments and questions below, and we will answer them in the I Wanna Knows. Or if you got something you need us to clear and set the record straight on, we can handle that in for the record. Okay? Thank you all for tuning in to another Mommy and Me Monday. I am Brie Renee. And I'm Miss Renee. And you know, you never ever ever should miss a mommy and me monday so you need to go ahead and like comment and subscribe to my youtube channel so you stay up to date bye y'all bye bye